Hi, this is Pastor Austin from Connection Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our services, you can go to ConnectionNYC.com or check us out at ConnectionNYC on Instagram. Hope you enjoy it and hope to see you soon. Good morning. Well, we are so excited that you guys have uh, chosen to come and worship with us here this morning. If you've been here, you know that we've been going through kind of this broad scale look into what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we started at the beginning of the year defining what the church is, how we go about being the church. Uh, We had some definitions. I went through those with you guys last week, so I know you definitely remember them this week, just like you did last week. Uh, But we said the church was a group of followers of Jesus that did three things, right? We pray, we teach, and we worship. And so we went through some sermon series diving deeper into prayer. We went through a series diving deeper into teaching, and now we're diving deeper into Worship. So if you guys would open up your Bibles to John chapter 15. If you would like to scroll or tap, that's also fine. If you went to connection.family or you scan the QR code at the very bottom, there should be a uh, scripture reference there for you. If you want to be in your own version, that's obviously okay as well. Last week, we set a definition for the word worship. And if you have been here and you've heard me preach, you know that I love defining words. And so the the definition that we had for worship last week was the act of declaring to God his worth, affirming who he is and what he has done, and responding to him in praise, adoration, thanksgiving, and awe. And so we worked a little bit off of that definition to to debunk, if you will, a few misconceptions about what worship is. And so we know that worship is not uh, limited by our location. It's not restricted by our past. And we know that it's this direct response to something that Jesus has done in our life, right? And so this week, I thought we'd take it a little bit further and define a little further what worship looks like. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, you don't have to turn with me, but if you want to check me later, and make sure that this is actually in the Bible. Feel free to do that. Um, It says, And he said to him, this is Jesus, said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, uh, it's written, uh, Paul's writing, says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So if we look at the definition that we had from last week and we look at, you know, these particular pieces of Scripture, but all throughout Scripture, we see that the truest form of worship is actually offering ourselves as a sacrifice. Everything that we do and all that we are to the Lord as a response to the gift of life that comes from Jesus. When we give all of ourselves to Jesus, anyone and anything that comes into contact with us anywhere becomes part of how we worship the Lord. So I submit to you that truest worship is when we offer ourselves as a sacrifice to Jesus, everything that we are, that is the truest form of worship. But how? How do we do that, right? Obviously, that's easier said than done, and that's where John chapter 15 will come in. So if you will, in John chapter 15, verse 1, read along with me. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. 
Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So Jesus tells us in these first several verses of John 15 that we must abide in him, the vine, to produce fruit. Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we're the branches. And outside of being bound to the vine, outside of staying connected to this source of life, which is Jesus, what can we accomplish? Nothing. We can accomplish nothing outside of staying connected to the vine, to the source of life that is Jesus. He also tells us that anyone who does not abide in the vine, not only will we not produce anything, but we'll actually wither. We'll start to fade. We'll start to die and we'll be cast out and thrown into the fire. So what that means for us is producing fruit is a means for us to worship God. And in order for our worship to be meaningful, in order for it to be worth anything, we have to stay connected to Jesus. We have to abide in the vine. So if you're writing something down this morning, the first point is abide in the vine. That's how we present ourselves as this truest form of worship. That's how we present ourselves as a sacrifice that actually means anything is by abiding in the vine, the source of life, which is our Savior, Jesus Christ. If we become disconnected from Jesus, our worship becomes like a branch that withers. We see in scripture people who've offered up offerings and they say, God, you're the best. And here, this is our sacrifice. And God says, I don't want your sacrifice. I want your heart. I don't want your showmanship. I want you to stay connected to my son, Jesus. I want you to be connected to me, this source of life. And I want you to bear much fruit. A lot of you know that I really enjoy playing video games. And just in case you didn't know, I actually wore this shirt so that you would know that I am a gamer. I'm proud of it. I don't hide behind it. I love video games. Um, one of the video game companies that I've been a huge fan of for a very long time, since I was 12, I won't tell you how many years that is because it's, it's getting to the point now where it's a little embarrassing how long it's been since I was 12. But um, when I was 12, I started playing this game, Halo. And at the time, it was produced by a company that was Bungie. Thank you, Bungie. Um, forget 343. Um, there's a hand of you that will you know, you know, know what I'm talking about in here. Anyway, Bungie created Halo, and the franchise was amazing. They're, they're mainly known for Halo, but they're also known for this game that they've done after Halo, and it's called Destiny. So I'm a huge fan of Destiny. I played it the first one when it came out, and it's one of the things that makes Bungie so great is like they continue to update their games, right? It's not like they release it and then they forget it and they go on to something else. They listen to their community, and when people give them feedback, they're like, oh, you want this? Here, we'll, we'll give it to you. Not all game companies are like that, as we've come to find out. Um, but in Destiny 2, there's this newest update. And what's really cool about this game is there's different mechanics for every scenario or encounter that you come into contact with. So sometimes you'll be trying to damage like this boss character, but you can't do it until you figure out a specific puzzle. And then once you figure out the puzzle, then you unlock the ability to damage the boss. Or sometimes the environment can become like toxic to you, and you're only safe in certain places. And in this latest update, there's an area like that where there's literally this, this bubble area that protects you from the environment. 
and you're only safe when you're inside that bubble. And the second that you step out of that safe area, the very moment you step out, your health starts to decline. And so the longer you're outside of this, this bubble, so to speak, the less and less health that you have. And the only way that you can actually kind of cure yourself from this thing that's taking your life away is to get back into the safe area. It's to stay connected to that safe area. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about, right? When he's talking about staying connected to the vine, as awesome as Bungie is, and believe me, they are awesome, this idea is not original. Bungie did not come up with the idea of like, what if we disconnect something from its life source and then watch it wither, right? This is what Jesus was talking about long before Bungie came into the, to the picture. And uh, Destiny, actually, your life source is called your light. You start to lose your light when you're outside of this source. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if we do not stay connected to the vine, to the source of life, it may not happen all at once, right? We may not disconnect from the vine and immediately all of our fruit sours because we know that fruit does stay good for at least some time outside of the vine. But eventually you will stop producing the fruit. And then eventually you, as the thing that's trying to produce fruit on your own, will become withered. You'll become tired. You'll become disengaged from what has been giving you life. And you will slowly die and then be cast and put into the fire. So if we want to have our fruit be fruitful, if we want the things that we do in our life, the produce that comes out of our life to be something that is worthy of actually giving to God as worship, we have to stay connected to our life source, which is Jesus. Again, abiding in the vine is how we can offer the version of ourselves that is actually worthy to be called worship. Every other version outside of being connected to Jesus is not worthy of being submitted to God as worship. But everything, anything, all the things that we do and come into contact with, if we're connected to Jesus, it can all be worship. If we continue on in John chapter 15, in verse 7, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So Jesus says, if we are able to do this thing, if we are able to abide in him, if we're able to keep his commandments, if we're able to stay connected to the vine, we can ask God for anything, and 100%, it will be given to us. Ask whatever we wish, and it will be granted. Why? Because we have been given life, and been given much fruit, we can glorify the Father and prove to be his followers, his disciples. Why is this important? Jesus says that he is the vine and his Father is who? The vine dresser. How does the vine dresser know when he's done a good job? It's when he can look at the vine that he's been caring for and see that it's producing much fruit. So Jesus says, if you're connected to me, the vine, if you're a branch that is connected to life and you want to produce much fruit, ask my father and he'll give it to you because that actually glorifies him. You see, when there are things in our life that we want to see happen and we do those on our own, we wear ourselves out. We become tired. We become withered. 
We become this thing that is not worthy of submitting to God to worship, but if we stay connected to the vine, our life, everything that we do is amplified by the vine dresser because he takes the things out that shouldn't be there and he amplifies the things that should be there. And what is left is this bearing of much fruit that glorifies the vine dresser, Jesus' Father, our God, is glorified through everything that we do because we stay connected to the vine. And in doing that, in order to stay connected, we have to keep the commandments of Jesus who is keeping the commandments of his Father. So if you're writing things down, the second thing that you can put down, first, we have to abide in the vine. Secondly, we have to keep the commandments. As a father... I can tell you that nothing makes me happier than when my kids just get it. They could tell me words all day. How great of a dad I am and how awesome I am, how fun I am. If you name it, they've probably given me that compliment in words. And they've recently started dissing me a little bit too. Uh, we were looking at some old pictures during the pandemic and I was quite a bit larger there. And Colby said, wow, you're really round. Which I thought was funny. But when they show me with their actions, by obeying and by doing the things that I ask of them, by keeping my commandments and bearing fruit in their lives, it makes me incredibly, incredibly joyful. I could tell you story after story after story of the kids just doing these things that are like obviously following Jesus at such a young age. And it's kind of like, I don't even understand how that's happening, but it makes me so happy to see them actually follow through with their actions, what they say. And all the time, all the time I challenge them, do you love me? And they say, yeah, of course I love you. Okay, if you love me, then you'll listen to me. Do you love me? Yeah, of course, I if you love me, then you'll listen to me. That's exactly what God told Jesus, and it's exactly the message that Jesus passes along to us. And he says, if you are to abide in the vine, if you're going to stay connected to me, if you love me, if you want to see much fruit in your life, then you will keep these commandments and in doing so in keeping the commandments you will stay in the vine you will stay connected to me and in staying connected to me you can ask the father for anything because in that moment everything becomes amplified and glorifying to god so it's easy for us to say like hey truest worship is just to offer ourselves as a as a sacrifice to Jesus, right? To offer Jesus, make me new wine, right? And the crushing and the... It's easy for us to sing these songs and it is part of worship to lift up our voice, but the truest form of worship is to lift up every single thing that we have, to love Jesus with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our bodies, everything that we have, we're giving to Jesus. We're making ourselves a living sacrifice because in that, that is our spiritual worship. It's easy to say that we do those things, but how do we do those things? That's a little more difficult. We have to keep the commandments of Jesus and we have to stay connected to our source of life, which is Jesus, the vine. In verse 12, we see all this is coming together for a purpose. And Jesus says, this is my commandment. So he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Look, no longer do I call you servants because the servants, they don't know 
what their master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. And why does he command these things? These things I command you so that you will love one another. Jesus commands us to love one another. He tells us that he has chosen us. He's called us to be friends. He's appointed us to bear fruit. Why? So that we will love one another. As we offer ourselves to the work and the will of the Father and the provision of Jesus in our lives, we keep the commandment given to us, and it is the pinnacle of our worship. The completed fulfillment of staying connected to the vine is that we will love one another. It is that we will produce the same supernatural, sacrificial, indescribable love that Jesus gives to us and that we will share that love with one another. In Colossians 3, verse 14, it says, Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And putting on our new self and becoming this thing that is, is worthy of, of, of submitting to God as worship, we put on love because it binds everything in perfect harmony harmony. So if we walk it back, truest worship is loving one another. And how do we love one another? We keep the commandments. And how do we keep the commandments? We abide in the vine. And why? How do we abide in the vine, right? We submit everything to Jesus and we stay there. And in doing so, we can offer ourselves as the truest form of worship. And how does that practically play out? We love one another. Jesus said, I just told you all this. This whole story about abiding in the vine and keeping commandments, do you know why I told you that? And of course, a lot like us, disciples are kind of like, I don't know, why? why? And he said, so that you will love one another, right? So that you will love one another the way that I love you. You can't do that unless you do these other things first. So what is true worship? At its core, true worship is loving one another the way that Jesus loved us. This affirms the work of God in us and affirms the sacrifice of ourselves to Jesus. Remember, what is that definition that we went over earlier, right? The definition is the act of declaring to God his worth, affirming who he is and what he has done. You see, when we love one another in this supernatural, indescribable way that Jesus loved us, that is the affirmation. That is the vine dresser, looking at the vine that he's been caring for and saying, yes, that is worship. They have offered themselves as worship to me because they love one another. And how do we do this? We abide in the vine. We keep the commandments. And by this, we are empowered to love one another. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for the work that you do in our life. God, we're grateful for our kids who sometimes get upset. And uh, we pray that you would just be with him and help him to calm down in this moment that he is obviously very frustrated. God, we're grateful for the pruning that you do in our lives. God, we're grateful for the fact that you count us worthy enough, Lord, to be worked on, to prune 
God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to become the vine that we can draw life from. God, I pray that as, an, as tempting as it is for us to, to go our own direction, God, to disconnect from the vine. Sometimes we run out in front of Jesus. Sometimes we don't like what the vine has asked us to do. And so we disconnect. God, I pray that we would not do that. Lord, I pray that we would stay connected to our source of life, which is Jesus. God, I pray that if we're taking a step, it's because Jesus has willed that step to happen. Lord, as our church continues to grow, God, as we are celebrating people coming and joining our church today, as we're celebrating the work that you've done in and through our church, God, I pray that we would offer all of that to you as worship. We would come to you and say, God, I stayed connected to your son the way that I asked, and I kept your commandments just like you asked. And guess what? Here's this really cool fruit, but it's not for me. It's not for our church. It's for you. God, do with it whatever you will. God, I pray that we would continue to submit all of who we are and all of what we do to you as worship. God, we know that parts of worship or parts of worship are, are lifting up our voice to sing to you. Parts of worship can be in prayer. Parts of worship can be coming to church and, and just joining one another in this community of believers. God, those are all important parts, but it's not the whole. It's not the root. It's not the foundation of our worship. God, the foundation of our worship is that we abide in your son, Jesus, and that he gives us life to bear much fruit. And we take that fruit to you and we submit everything we are to you. God, I pray that in this moment we would take the first step towards submitting everything that we are and everything that we do to you. God, we pray these things in your son, Jesus' name, who makes it even possible for us to pray these things. Amen.